I got invited by Rabbi Jim Bennett to share Emmeth congregation over in Ladue, the oldest reformed Jewish synagogue west of the Mississippi. Their former rabbi, uh, Rabbi Jeff Stiffman, and I have done funerals together, and he uh, and I uh, were in some interesting civic events and things, and, and now Rabbi Jim Bennett, um, we were actually in Israel together at the same time uh, a few years ago, and um, we were with he and his wife and the congregation, and we stood and prayed for the peace of Jerusalem, and we stood with the Jewish people that have taken some hard knocks over the years. This is a season that's not unlike the time Esther and had to deal with uh, the, the anti-Semitism of Haman. And uh, you could read, I got a text from a friend in a, in a kibbutz uh, in Israel, uh, Psalm 83. You should spend some time reading Psalm 83. It'll give you a history perspective of what's happening. But let's lift our hands. And God, I thank you. You're the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, the Savior, the Redeemer, the Healer, the Deliverer, that, Father, in the basis of the name of Jesus, we look to you for miracle work in the Middle East, protection on soldiers, protection on civilians, protection on leadership, protection, protection as angels and your dynamic hand, Lord. I'm asking for the miraculous, supernatural God of David with Goliath and the God of Jehoshaphat with the the convergence of a three-front battle. I'm asking for the miraculous and the supernatural, the Jewish people here in St. Louis and in North America and Canada and Mexico and all around the planet, those called the diaspora, those dispersed, those that are in the nation. God, protect and cover your precious people, the covenant people. You have an everlasting covenant with them. And God, there are purposes up ahead that we're looking for and we're trusting to see come to pass and we thank you for it, God. And we will give no offense to the Jews, to the nations, and we're to the church. We love everybody and we're taking our stand in faith in Jesus' name. All God's people said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, That video that Patsy, we were watching our board member in Brisbane Tony Caminetti, Pastor Tony and Patsy, we've been friends with since the 70s, and um, they were, their worship leader started uh, some worship, and our little uh, one-year-old daughter, granddaughter, uh, did this, so maybe it'll pop on before I preach. Nobody... pretty cool, huh? So that's what we want. She did that for a while. I sent it to the pastor. I sent it to the pastor. It was was tomorrow there, tomorrow morning last night. They're across the international date line. And um, he, you know, I I said, we're watching your church service. So, uh, and I know people are watching us right now. And I'm grateful for the online opportunity we have. I'm so happy to see you guys here today. Aren't you happy to be in church? I am. I love it, man. I love it. I come every week. I, I love it so much. I, I come to three services on a Sunday. I love it so much. 
And listen, I, I want to encourage you. The reason we're doing the harvest party is, is an opportunity to do church together and to host. Um, there, are, there are websites where uh, foreign-born people look for uh, wholesome family things that they can do. So, for example, there was a very huge percentage of people from India that were here at our last harvest party. And I talked to them, and I found out that's how they found out. And, or they found out by word of mouth, some of them, you know, and just when I thought I figured it out. And uh, so I believe in God that we're going to have, you know, we're going to have thousands of people, and it's going to be a fun time. It's going to be after the third service. So you're the second service, folks. So what we'll do is we're going to start promptly at 11.15 and end by 12.15. So church can go out and host. So you guys can hang out. You can have double up the service and, you know, come. And then, or, or you can come to the third service if you want. I don't know. We're just going to, I just want to do church together. I would like to introduce you to the 8 o'clock people, the 9.30 people. You guys are fabulous. Don't you think people ought to know how fabulous you are? And the 11.15 people need to know the best kept secret, the, 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 the 9.30 crowd. So it's going to be a time where we could all be together. If, it, it, look, if you're lonely, you don't have to be lonely. If you've got 50 million kids like we just saw up here, then, man, bring them. There's going to be a petting zoo. There's going to be hamburgers and hot dogs. There's going to be rides and bubble uh, truck that is absolutely a magnet for kids. It's just amazing. Bonfires and waterfalls and corn pit, whatever that is. Corn pit sounds like, that's like cussing or something. Don't talk like that in church, Patsy. Corn pit. He just took a picture of me being mean to my wife. All right. I'm going to confiscate that camera. All right. Say this with me, Jesus. Jesus. Okay, this is a Jesus series, and Sunday mornings I'm teaching who he is, what he's done, what he's doing, and who he is in you. We're in Christ, and in fact, I want to read something to you from Colossians chapter 1, verse 25, Colossians 1, uh, Paul is talking, like I'm talking to the St. Louis Family Church, he's talking to the church at Colossae, and he says, of this church, I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefit. See, Paul realized the whole reason he was called into leadership was to benefit the, the body and to help the church and to help souls come to connect with God. That's what his, his orientation was. It wasn't to build an empire. It wasn't a, a, a cult of personality. It wasn't all about him. He realized it was for their benefit. God made him to be in leadership, to equip the saints so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God. That's what I'm doing today is endeavoring to preach God's word to you. I'm copying what Paul was trying to do. And that is the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations. You know, there's so many shows about the unexplained. And uh, I'm, I love Shatner, man. I've, I've watched William Shatner since I was a Boy Scout, you know, when he was Captain James T. Kirk of the Starship Enterprise. Beam me up, Scotty, you know, and he'd come out and he'd be like that. I mean, he's 90-something years old, and he's so awesome. And uh, Weird Al Yankovic actually bought his uh, toupee on, on eBay. Uh, so anyway, uh, 
I, I was told by a friend in California that one of his children actually got born again. So there's Christianity there in some aspects in his family. But, he, you know, he's such an engaging reader, you know, and he's like, is this a mystery? You know, that kind of thing. And um, I'll tell you, the mystery uh, is, is, is clarified in Christ. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself and not counting our trespasses against us. Listen, hear the word of the Lord. God so loved the world that he gave, get this, his only begotten son. I'm going to talk today about the uniqueness of Jesus. He's the unique person of the universe. That whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. That's assuring. For God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Okay? Now, I realize I'm stirring up your sincere minds by way of reminder, and this is pretty standard. But recently, it's been said that only about 20% currently of the United States population goes to church. So 80% are what they now call nons. Some people are backslidden who've had an encounter with God, and they've fallen away. Some people are indifferent. Uh, you know. But here, Jesus said, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And it's on this... 1 Corinthians 3.11, foundation. There's no other foundation which can be laid. Jesus is the stabilizing of a life. He is the anchor of our soul. He is the, the, the hope of the world. And um, we build on that foundation. We just dedicated all these children. There's the mama. And we are believing and we're joining with her. We're augmenting her faith and her husband. So we're believing God for Gavin, the young Gavin. And uh, that they rise up and they lay their uh, lives before the Lord and they, they get filled with God and filled with the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. And that they walk with him. Yeah. I pray the touch of the Holy Spirit on all of our mindsets. I pray we get clarity today. I pray the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. So all the, there's all this mystery. Um, Lawrence Fishburne, I have a friend who said, you know, Lawrence Fishburne's a committed Christian, you know, and he, he comes out, he's a lot like... Shatner, you know, they're kind of these determined guys, you know, and they talk and these voiceover actors and then they show up and they've got, you know, all these shadows and they come out of the shadows in their suits, you know, and Shatner sits on his stool, you know, and he's just like hunches over with his black jacket, you know, it's a mystery and it's unexplained and it's like, and I, they do it in their James T. Kirk voices or their, or their, uh, uh, what was he in uh, uh, Matrix? Was he, uh, uh, he was Morpheus, Morpheus, you know, the the green pill or the, or the blue pill or the red pill or whatever it is. Anyway, <laughs> you religious people are, I don't know what he's talking about. And, and all, you, all you movie geeks go, I got this. So let's tie it back in with the word. Northern, northern part of Israel, which is being bombed by Hezbollah from, from Lebanon and the Syrians and so forth. It's always been conflict. But at this moment, it was peaceful. And Jesus gathered the disciples and in, um, in, Mar in Matthew chapter uh, 16, Matthew chapter 16, uh, let's see, verse um, 13. He's in the district of Caesarea Philippi, just like I'm in the district of the St. Louis County, Chesterfield Valley, and I'm at St. Louis Family Church, asking a question of his disciples. Who do the people say that the Son of Man is? I was watching a show, and there's a representative from the Joseph Campbell Institute. Joseph Campbell was a philosophical guy that basically said, 
Look at the similarities in all these comparative religions and how everything basically has, you know, these same patterns. And he actually, you know, was pretty astute in the way he assessed these things. Um, but I, I don't agree with his conclusions because it became pluralistic. And the Bible has this statement, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. The message that came through Moses and has been passed to us through Jesus and is here present with us now is there is only one God, and, he is, and, and that Jesus is the only way. It's an exclusivist message. It's not popular right now. It wasn't popular in the Roman Empire. It wasn't popular in Babylon. It wasn't popular in the pluralism of ancient Egypt. And it's, but we're not in a popularity contest. What we're in is a spiritual battle where a redeemer came to restore, where Adam fell. We don't have time to read Romans chapter 5 today. But it shows that what, what damage was done through the fall of man and Adam, but, but, but what glory came through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It just occurred to me this morning that the fall of man by Adam was more than adequately dealt with by the resurrection of Jesus. He came from heaven to earth as fully God and fully man. I was in a Greek class, and the instructor was talking about the uniqueness of Jesus called a hypostatic union, where he's, he's fully God and he's fully man. And the verse was in Isaiah, I think it's 6-9, where it says, or 9-6, I don't remember, but it says, Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. There'll be no end to his kingdom. Do you notice? Jesus' kingdom is flourishing in 2023. His purposes are coming to pass. Church has a shutdown for months. We are all divided over issues. We're all concerned about uh, bio threats and things like that. Wars and rumors of wars. Now there are not one but two wars we know of right now. We see all these things, but we are not to be disengaged, dull, nor fearful because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. So I say, way to go, mom and dad, you parents having these babies. Um, our, our Steve, who did the announcements, he, he now he's going to have his third child coming up. She, she's going to She's going to have another, I'm going to get another grandbaby. I'm going to be Papa again, and I love it. And uh, uh, we're just going to keep believing God. What, what, did, what were they exhorted to do when they were deported to Babylon? They being Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and others. False prophets were saying, oh, it'll be over fast, and they'll get all the stuff back. And uh, Jeremiah came along and said, don't listen to that. It's going to be a while. Uh, it's going to be 70 years. Uh, but then there will be a breakthrough. In that case, he said some interesting things of what to do. This is what we did at the beginning of the pandemic. My wife and I came down here every day, probably seven days a week most of the time, and spent sometimes 12 to 14 hours a day pacing and praying. When they had everything shut down, we stepped into that void and took authority in the spirit. We started cleaning things up. We, we hired a beautiful uh, uh, flooring guy that I've known for years. It's Jason Weems' father. Jason, where are you? Jason's here. God, and, and, and I love Jason and Jillian so much. And Jason's dad, I said, we want to get the best carpet in here. And I, and, and I knew he's a grandpa of their kids. So I said, I want it to be the kind of carpet a grandpa would want his grandkids to run on. 
You just saw those kids up there? We, you know rugrats? We literally have them, and we've got to have the right rug. We got to have the right rugs, right? So we bought this from over there at Amini's, and he helped us personally with these. And, and uh, you know, some village people got blessed by that. Not the band, but some people that worked in a village. And then, and then Jason's mom was over there studying and praying in Israel, praying for Israel. And she was stranded there in Jerusalem, and she just got to Rome. I don't know if she's home in America yet. So she's hanging out getting pasta right now. She got out of Israel they, by a rescue by former special ops guys that, that went in and got, and got her out of there yesterday. yesterday. Praise the Lord. This is happening right now. So Jesus asked the question, who do people say that I am? Shatner's saying one thing, Lawrence Fishburne's saying what other people say, Joseph Campbell said, well, you know, he's a hero like this hero and like Zeus and like everybody else, and just to bland it all out. But let me tell you, Jesus, John chapter 14, verse 6, is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through him. And in fact, Simon Peter, when he was asked, he said, okay, that's the general consensus. That's the mob mentality. That's crowd think. That's the majority report. What do you say? He says, who do you say that the Son of Man is? It says in verse 15, chapter 16, Matthew 16, 15. He said, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered. A lot of people don't, but Simon Peter answered. You are the Christ. You're the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus said to him, Blessed, fortunate, to be envied are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. Now, the church is not built on a man. It's not built on Peter. It's built on the rock of the revelation that Peter got. The reason I say this is because the word, the name Peter is Petros, and the name rock is Petra, totally different Greek words. Similar, he's a small rock, the, rock, the big rock of this whole foundation, the mystery that's revealed, like I started to say earlier, I'm, I'm anointed to preach about this mystery, which has been hidden from the past generations, but has now been made manifested to his saints to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I was a young Christian. The mystery of the ages, Christ in you. Uh, a wave of teaching came into the body of Christ. Perfect timing. We came through a Jesus movement where disenfranchised counterculture people, the, the Woodstock era people, were experiencing salvation. They had burned out on the entry-level drugs and then the immediate dr medium drugs. And then, as, as uh, Eric Clapton said, the 60s really changed when the hard drugs came in. And I'm telling you, it brought a damage and a detriment. Eastern religions and cults were trying to optimize in the moment, but the Lord was so gracious, he pushed back the darkness and shined the beams of light of the simple, essential message of Jesus. And so many lost kids got saved. I got saved in that period. My wife dedicated in that period. She had been saved as a child. She rededicated through college during that period. And we were part of a movement 
So we've had a touch from an authentic, verifiable, historically uh, a significant thing called the Jesus movement. God visited cold, uh, formal churches and stirred uh, a people's hearts uh, that were religious but didn't actually have a new birth experience and stirred people to be saved in all the denominations. See, we started at Ivy Chapel United Church of Christ. Then we outgrew that in 1988. We moved over to the Salvation Army West Page Corps next to Cribs City where nothing is impossible. And we outgrew that. Captain Ken Reed at the time, he, he, he is now retired. They housed us there, and we had a wonderful church services with the Salvation Army, picked things up with them. Then we went over to Craig Road Baptist, Southern Baptist Church. We were there for a while, filled it up, had a wonderful time there. The, the, the pastor's mother was a spirit-filled, uh, spirit-empowered Christian like us. And, and uh, though he had all kinds of cassette tapes about it, you know, he was, he was happy we were there. So then uh, we went to different high school gymnasiums and uh, banquet centers and hotels and even uh, gazebos at, at state parks and wherever we could have a meeting. We were the, we the in fact, uh, Pastor Jack Hayford from Church on the, on the Way out in California, he's since gone to be with the Lord, but when he heard about our church, he said, I've heard of that movement. I thought, well, yeah, we are a movement because we just keep moving. We're not unlike Israel where they were in booths. They just had the Feast of Tabernacles, Feast of Booths. Actually, this is what is amazing. They were attacked at the tail end of the, of the Feast of Tabernacles. They were out in tents. And we lived in tents as a church until the Lord blessed us and led us into this building. And God blessed us and we moved in. Uh, in 1992, we worked for a year with city council to re redo the zoning, to make it a, a, use, a church use. We proved that it, it would work. Uh, God blessed us with Edison Road developed behind us so we could have an ingress and an egress. And God knew he wanted us to be stationed here. Yeah. And over the years, we bought this building, we bought that building, and the next building. And uh, these buildings are now paid for, correct? Yeah. And now we're, we bought the, uh, the, the annex building, which is going to be the state-of-the-art volunteer base for the things, the next things God's called us to. We've Service International is deployed out of there. We've got facilities that God has ready-made for us. We've just bought this acreage over here. We have almost 37 acres in the heart of Chesterfield Valley. When we started, it was gumbo flats. There was hardly anything here. There was the prison. There was the smokehouse. There was the airport. And that was about it. And now, everything, if you see the development, Michael Steinberg has developed the, the, the factory across the street and, you know, amazing uh, development all up and down the, lo the, the longest contiguous uh, uh, strip mall in America is right down the street from here. It's over a mile long. It's the longest strip mall in America. I mean, aren't you proud of that? <laughs> we have so much favor. And I have so little time, but I want to give Jesus all the praise. And I want you to understand as you watch the news this week and as you're, you know, going to the store and seeing the uptick of the price and going to the gas pump and then watching the election year and watching the division and all this stuff, we need to keep our eyes on the prize and we need to keep our eyes steady on Jesus. We need to stay in the love walk. Rabbi Bennett, Friday night, exhorted his congregation and all that were there to remain humane during this time. 
He said, we, got, we, we must not lose our humanity when we see harshness. And I'm telling you, that's the Judeo-Christian reality. We love life. Those who love life should refrain their lips from evil and their tongue from speaking guile. Amen. The Judeo-Christian truth teaches us to love our neighbor as ourselves. It's a, it's a steady, solid truth from Genesis to Revelation. But the center of it all, Jesus is the center of it all. Jesus pre-existed. In John chapter 1, verse 1 through 5, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it, 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 it goes into verse 2 and says, He was in the beginning with God. See, Jesus, he said, before Abraham was, I am. It says that in John chapter 8 and verse 58. And then it goes on and in, in, in further into verse 3. All things came into being through him. Did you know Jesus was there at participating in the creation? He was the word. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. That's why the, Paul preached the mystery of the ages. He said to the Corinthians, I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ, him crucified. I know folks from Africa that come from animism. I know folks from India that come from Hinduism. I know folks that have been steeped in Buddhism. Uh, I know people that have walked through uh, Mormonism. I've seen people in all kinds of isms, atheism, agnosticism, secularism. But I'm telling you, Jesus doesn't have an ism on him. You don't hear Jesusism. You just hear Jesus Christ. And he is, that's his name, the name above every name. And that's his title, Christ, Messiah. That's why when, when Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God, he was basically saying, you're the Lord. Be my Lord. I, I, you're central. You're, you're important. And it's important what we do with Jesus. It's important how we embrace him. Listen, he's the word made flesh. John chapter 1, verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He was fully God and fully man. Isaiah 9, 6, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. Philippians chapter 2, I think it's verse 7, he laid aside his deity rights. Did you know that Jesus operated as a model like Adam? He laid aside his deity rights and walked as the son of man, yet those the son of God, he emptied himself and allowed the Holy Spirit to empower him to teach us going forward these gifts, these signs will follow those who believe. These works and greater works shall you do because I go to be with the Father. If it had been a deity trick, if it had been because of his, his uh, deity, that, well, we're not deity, so how can we come in and operate and have those greater works? It's because he became as we are so we can become as he is now. We are, he's the head, we're the body of Christ, and we're to be an empowered people. On, on, on Friday night, I'm teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm teaching on the nine gifts of the Spirit. 
I'm teaching about how we're not to be unaware, ignorant, or uninformed about it. There's so much attack and hostility in certain settings. But I'm telling you, the movement I was birthed in is viable, biblical, and solid. And we need the fullness of all that God has for us. What Jesus came to bring, redemption and salvation. What the Holy Spirit comes to bring, equipment and strength. So we could fulfill the call that's on our lives. Let's all stand up on our feet. Come on. Let's lift our hands and receive. Let's receive. Jesus, be our Lord. Be our Savior. Be central. Be number one in our lives. Let's rededicate to him. If you're not saved, this is a moment to confess Jesus as Lord. Say this with me. Heavenly Father, today's my day of salvation. I trust you for breakthrough in my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Light me on fire with your precious, magnificent Holy Spirit. I need the gifts. I desire earnestly spiritual gifts. And Lord, I trust you for the miraculous, for open doors, opportunities, and breakthrough moments in my life. Blessings follow me. Goodness and mercy follow me. Help me to be a doer of the word and to take action in every area of my life. Deliver me from temptation and evil. Be with my mouth. Put a zip on my lip and a glide on my stride. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. God bless you guys. Go out with joy. Have a good